Welcome to this very excited, upbeat podcast coming to you on Wednesday, the 14th of June, 2023. And once again, Wigan Athletic find themselves under new ownership. How are we doing, everybody? Absolutely buzzing. A lot better than it was this morning. The new ownership group have paid a sum of money into the accounts. They have paid the staff, the players, other creditors. They've paid HMRC. They've put more money into the club in 10 minutes than what Phoenix <laughs> 21 had done since February. Me and you had put more money into the club than Phoenix since February. You're not wrong, Adam. Season ticket sales are bought too back in March. Anyway, Mike Danson stepped in, connected to Wigan Warriors Rugby Club. He owns 25% of them. He is a, a Wigan lad born in the town, went off to make his fortune. He's come back in our hour of need. He's he's taken over. So from what we gather from reading all different reports, basically taken all the liabilities on, and that's, that's what he's paid for the club. I just feel so relieved, if I'm being honest. And I don't mind admitting, when I was reading the club statements earlier on today, and reading, it's the bit that Sean Maloney wrote, really got me. Yeah, I shed a tear. Sean Maloney, Mr. Danson's vision and passion for the community have resonated strongly with us all. Extremely confident of a sustainable and stable future and are now excited to prepare for the new season and beyond. He's clearly emotionally invested because we saw that that interview, didn't we, Um, after the players hadn't been paired. He was cut up by that. He stayed strong, or strong as he could do throughout this, but along the way would have surely felt that it wasn't going to happen, which for him personally, uh, I don't know this for certain, but I could only imagine that it was a really stressful time for his, him and his family. And that statement just um, sort of adds to that, really. And I agree with Barry there. I think, you know, I had a tear in my eye. It, it was very emotional. I, I don't think I realised quite how stressful it, it had been until I felt the relief of hearing the news. I thought emotionally I hadn't been affected quite as much as when we were in administration. I think I still think that's true. I think being in administration was actually worse. Oh, no, almost weight shifted off my shoulders, I think, when, when, the, when the news came through this afternoon. Even though I'd, I'd known since quite early this morning that something was going to happen, I didn't think it was going to happen quite so quickly. I thought that the EFL clearance would have taken a lot longer and possibly news about uh, Danson proving his finances and, and so on. But it's all been done very, very quickly in, in the end. And um, it's, yeah, just such a palpable sense of relief. You can you can almost feel it and touch it. We've been able to see, haven't we, for two weeks maybe, that there were two options on the table. There was either a takeover or an altogether less palatable option of the takeover falling through because the, the pot the pot man fell away pretty quickly and you know it became this uh, ownership group or basically oblivion and you know that would have started on Friday you know HMRC have put a winding up order in where was any money coming from the, the owners have put nothing in for a while as Barry said and the stakes were getting bigger and bigger and and, and getting closer and closer and it was that looming oblivion that was scary, even though you kind of, all the noises that were coming out were, you know, things are happening behind the scenes, it's moving in the right direction. Until it's signed on the line, you know that these business deals can all just fall apart at any point. And the jeopardy of that happening was massive. So, yeah, it's taken a massive emotional toll on all of us, really. I don't think we all realise how, how big it is until you've got over the line and then the relief comes in. I, I agree, Paul, and I, I think I've got it on good authority that we've, 
we've sailed very, very, very close to the wind over the last three mm. weeks. I think if it hadn't been for this uh, intervention by Mike Danson, I think we would have been not just staring into the abyss. I think we would have been been down there. Perhaps not just facing another administration. Might have it might have even got to the stage where it was worse than that. If you think about it, I mean, this has been my fear, and what's really been rallying me over the past six, seven weeks is that it's it's obvious. I'll say it again, it's obvious they've not been putting any money into the club. Wages have been paid. They've been scrimping around, finding people's like belief fund. No doubt that's been used. No doubt the season ticket money's been been used. And some people said to me, "Are you stupid buying your season ticket? What, you're stupid." Well, maybe I was, but one thing it's it's helped to do is, is pay the staff some wages, which that's sort of a little bit of comfort to me that I've not completely been taken for a mug. But when you think about the fact that they're putting no money in. We've got all these debts to pay. We've got wages to pay. We've got players' wages. At the time, we, we was in still in May. We're away. You know, the transfer window doesn't open till the first of July, does it? They can't, and they're not going to get bids in when, when we're on our arse. Other clubs know exactly where we are. You know, so I saw somebody the uh, last week tweet. Well, on on whatever day it was, I think they said Thursday that they're, they're trying to stumble through till Thursday so they can sell a couple of players. Then players would have been fourteen. Days without wages, they could have uh, they could have walked. So why would a player go and sign for, say, for example, Burnley on a two million pound contract when the day after they could have just gone anywhere and put that two million quid in the back pocket? I mean, I know what I'd, I'd do if I was in that in those shoes. Yeah. So for me, unless Mike Danson came in and he'd never entered my head fourteen days ago, unless a Mike Danson came in, this club was finished. That's that was it. There was no way of us getting beyond. We didn't even have any inkling of selling. We were talking, and you know, we we got criticism for it off off the clowns. But we we were talking about having a, an open meeting where we could basically unify to try and convince them to sell. And half an hour later, Potman turns up. So they're, all, they're obviously already on the way out at that point. But we're on with Potman, and then I think they've been know, on the way out. They've been on the way out for a yeah. year, here, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, like you and... say, then, then Potman turns up, uh, then Mike Danson turns up, and it's done very quickly, isn't it? But it needed to be. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out in the wash now that there's new people going into the club and they're going to have a look at what's been going on over the past 12 to 18 months and see where the money's been spent and who spent it and has it been where it should have been allocated. It's going to be very interesting to find out if we ever do. But I hope we do, because I think one of the one of the big criticisms about administration is we never really got to the bottom of what went on. And I think this again, we need to and, and it's like it's it's them questions that don't get answered and, and all mm-hmm. sorts of conspiracies get born out of it. But this definitely needs to be answered. There's people's reputations on the line who who live and work in England and work in the football industry. So mm-hmm. it's very important they either clear the name or we find out, you know, were certain people to blame. We, I think it's well, really important. But it's important yeah, for us, the fans as well. They were blamed, weren't they? That's the point. And, and that, that's why I, th- I think it's, that's not going to happen, Barry, because you get into a very dangerous situation then if you start naming and shaming individuals when you could face legal action because, you know, if they, if they, for example, if they're not, broken the law or or because things are actually difficult to believe uh, 
excuse me, uh, because things are difficult to prove or there's some um, room for doubt or whatever it might be. It might be conjecture, it might be a matter of opinion, then which a lot of these things are, then I very much doubt that these things will come to light. And I always remember Dave Whelan, when Dave Whelan took over, he was asked, would he look into money that had been that had possibly gone missing from the era of a of a previous ownership. And he said, no, because that's throwing good money after bad. And I strongly suspect that might well be the case here too, that, that there will be no investigation, that that most of the information is already there and there's no willingness for it for it to be pursued. I know some of it's not going to be come out in, in the public, but it's yeah. keeping the fans in the dark again. It, it gets really frustrating. Anyway, before we end up in court, let's let's just move on. <laughs> Mike Danson is he's purchased one hundred percent of the club and he's received all requisite clearances from the EFL and they've been obtained. So is it's all rubber stamped and he owns us lock, stock and barrel. There's going to be a new board announced and a new CEO. Now, there's no hint whatsoever as who that might be. Everybody's in the dark, but we all have our favourites that we'd probably like to, to see come in, but we'll have to wait at least a day or two for that. Uh, Sean Maloney is definitely remaining at the club. Adam, is it you? It's me, I'm the CEO. No, I was just um, saying... Um... We've got a special coming up uh, alongside this this evening. Charlie and I have been talking to uh, Blackpool Supporters Trust and Bolton Supporters Trust. Um, just wondering whether, you know, Charlie was uh, asking the questions of um, Ian from Bolton about um, what Wigan fans should be hoping for uh, next uh, in terms of what moving forward. So, Charlie, just tell, tell them what he said about what we sh- should be hoping for in the uh the podcast that obviously is coming up in one of the other episodes me and adam spoke to uh christine who is part of the blackpool supporters trust and we also spoke to ian who is a part of the uh, bolton supporters trust so we were just asking what kind of benefits there are there and how it works going from sort of a supporters club over to a supporters trust and it's, i think it's going to be really interesting listen for everybody to to hear that but they also spoke about how the Supporters Trust is even more of an official organisation than what a supporters club really is. And it also gives supporters a really good platform to get involved in the club and to pitch their ideas across. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the Wigan Athletic fan base who have incredible ideas and, and things that can that can help the club move in a more positive direction. So um, I asked the question, you know, we were looking at this before, I think during the administration, we were looking at bringing a supporters trust in. It didn't quite go over the line and that wasn't, you know, any issues. It just, it wasn't the right time for it. Now is a good time for it. And I think it's also important to note that because Mike Danson is Wigan born, you know, he said in his statement that he grew up locally in the community of the town is close to his heart. Hopefully he's going to work very closely alongside a supporters trust and he's going to be listening to supporters. So I think that, it will be a good thing, and I, you know, I implore everybody to to carry on listening to the full conversation that we had with Christine and, and Ian. Yeah, just to add to that as well, Miss Mr. Danson, you know, it's his choice who he brings in as CEO. But I'd like to think that the CEO has the expertise in the football industry. I think that's a, that's crucial. Mike Danson is clearly a very intelligent businessman. 
and the business side of things. I'm sure he'll appoint the right sort of people there. But I think on the football side, I think we need someone who, uh, like Jonathan Jackson in the past, who understands football, the business of football, because it's not like any other business. And clearly the previous regime, uh, in my view, didn't have that. Certainly the chairman and the owner didn't have that uh, football business acronym that we, that we need. So, who is Mike Danson? Mike Danson is a serial entrepreneur, a media proprietor, a philanthropist, and data guru. He is the founder and CEO of London-listed Double Data PLC. Global Data PLC. <laughs> London-listed <laughs> Global Data PLC. It's like watching the two Ronnies this, <laughs> That, what is it? What is that it? is four Mike Danson. Four, four candles. Well, I hope the listeners, you know the listeners, if they're still listening, <laughs> you know, you're, you're just interrupting me and Paul all the time. We're trying to bring yeah. a little bit of light entertainment to this. <laughs> Go on, Paul, you carry it on then. From where? A London-listed global data PLC, a data analytics and consultancy business with a market value of over $1.4 billion, employing 2,000 researchers, 800 analysts and 100 journalists. Wow. Don't we, we carry on? Or? Danson began his career as a management consultant, but in 1990 turned his attention to the world of data. Oh. Using funds from four credit cards, he set up Data Monitor, a subscription-based business intelligence company. Data Monitor grew quickly as Danson bought out smaller companies, broadening coverage and increasing global reach. And in November 2000, company was listed on the London Stock Exchange. In 2007, Data Monitor was sold to Informa for $502 million, just months before the global financial crash, reinforcing Mike's reputation as a shrewd dealmaker. Michael went on to found Global Data in 2008, repurchasing parts of Data Monitor in 2015. Mike's other business interests include ownership of the New Statesman, the left-of-centre political magazine, Spears Publishing, and Press Gazette. He's also a part owner of the Wigan Warriors, a professional rugby league club, and part of the Super League. In 2010, Mike set up the Danson Foundation with an initial donation of £10 million. Foundation is run by Helen Danson, Mike's wife, and focuses on education and mental health. In 2012, the foundation gifted £1.5 million to Danson's alma mater, St. Anne's, Anne's College in Oxford to provide undergraduate bursaries. It also organises internships for St Anne's students at companies that Mike owns or is associated with. That's Mike Danson, your referee for next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm just going to bring us down from um, the ceiling for a bit, dancing on the ceiling or dancing in the street or, yeah. And we're going to have some fun with that name, aren't we? Oh, dancing in the dark. That's the, the... kind of note of caution really I suppose about dancing in the dark not but I don't think we're just relieved I think I think it shows an awful lot about the 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 last two owners that we in some ways we never knew that much about them and okay Mike Danson's apparently a very private person Paul Kendrick has already said that he he basically he won't be doing any interviews and uh, and so on but it's been also suggested to me that he's actually not that interested in sport generally, although he's got his stake in Wigan Warriors, he's he's just trying to give back to the to the town, and he understands that sport, rugby league, and football is very important to the people of Wigan. 
and and I think we can all applaud him for that. But at the end of the day, he's going to own 100% of Wigan Athletic. We don't know at the moment what his plans are going to be. We don't know how much of his own money he's going to be invested in the club. Um, We don't know what his ambition is going to be. There's a lot of things that we don't know. And while we're all relieved that we have been rescued, and that is a massive, massive thing, because as we've already said, we, we could have been down the drain by now. No question about it. He's come in at the right time. He's somebody clearly, you know, with the town at heart and so on. But we don't know how this is going to go. I think we all celebrated when we thought there were billionaires from the Far East coming in and then billionaires from Bahrain coming in. And at the end of the day, football clubs, um, as as I'm willing to bore anybody about, as long as the private companies the, com- the tradable commodities and anybody with the money, anybody with the, the money can can sell them. We don't know who they're going to be sold to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we, the fans, are, in that sense, are just passive bystanders. We don't know what's going to happen, and I'm quite sure that in the fullness of time, there are some people who are going to turn out to not like Mike Danson and his ownership. It's always the same, and we might be some of those people. We don't know yet. Yeah, I was just uh, going to come in. I won't, I won't be quite as pessimistic as that. <laughs> the, although the tone of it, I know you qualified it, Pete, but uh, the tone of it sounded a little bit pessimistic. I probably would say my tone is realistic. And I think, you know, as a podcast, and I think within the club, we've got to manage expectations. And just because someone is filthy rich doesn't mean that they're going to put all their money in. And yeah. I, I want, I'd love to have a model where the owner doesn't have to put lots of money in. Yes, he's got to deal with all the liabilities. But after that, I'd rather have a model where the owner doesn't have to put a lot of money in and we can be as close to self-sustainable as we possibly can be. I agree. We've got a football team uh, and a football club to look forward to watching next season. The fixtures as you out anytime soon and we can be optimistic about we can when are we going down to Shrewsbury around the A49 when are we playing that lot from over, over the hill are we going up to Blackpool for a, a weekend in April it's it's exciting now this takeover has given us that I don't care what division we're in we've got a professional football club alright it was in intensive care and it's back on the ward now getting patched up and, and hopefully things are going to be good but on, on the field fortunes I think the fact that we've we've got or potentially got an owner there who I think I think this is what 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 I always thought about Dave Whelan. He was, you know, he, of course he put his own money in and he was there, created massive success for us and so on. But I always thought the best thing about Dave Whelan was that he was there for a long time. And he provided that stability. And I think if Mike Danson can do the same, if he's there for for the for the long term instead of these people we've had over the last few years who've been fly-by-night fly characters in comparison, then I, I think that really helps us. And I think the most important thing is if it's somebody who's prepared to commit themselves and we, and we can see some of the benefits of what we've produce, been producing from the academy, then we might actually see some on-field success, which we would hope is the way to go. You know, it's not it's not all dependent on, on the owner sticking in um, millions of pounds every year. Yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic with the takeover of, of Danson. And I um, I always like the sort of the storyline of, you know, local people taking over clubs. And it's not that I disregard, you know, ownerships from, from outside of the area or even foreign ownerships, but 
I felt personally disconnected from the football club for quite a while. And I, I can only imagine how people inside the club felt. And, you know, I think that ultimately came from a disconnect from the ownership and the board that it just wasn't, it wasn't there for them. You know, when I, when I met them, I kind of thought, I want more passion from you, but always, unfortunately, always just seemed to get was lie after lie. So, I am, um, I'm very optimistic, cautiously with with Mike Danson. He's gonna indeed have the the club in his best interests, and you know, it, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of short term things that need to be achieved uh, to, you know, to try and steady us back up. This isn't a, a quick fix, and it's gonna take a while, but it's definitely gonna be one to watch over the next couple of weeks and months just to see the path that Mike Danson ultimately wants to take us down. Is it all right to say something positive about the Bahrainis? Well, if you want. Just think we should bear in mind with, with Phoenix 21 that first of all, they did save us originally. And for as you say, Barry, perhaps up until February, they, they didn't load us with loads of debt. I think they've showed incredible amounts of naivety in in terms of um, actually managing the club and understanding what what you know owning a football club entails. But quite honestly, we've had worse owners, and um, and I think if it's true that they've basically sold us for 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 one pound or whatever it is, then they've not made things difficult for um, for 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 the new owners, and they could have put us into administration. I think that's what I'm trying to say. They could have put us into administration and, and they haven't. Um, and I think from that point of view, I'm not saying that we owe them anything, but I'm just trying to give a slightly more balanced view. New owners, new season, fresh up. Got a sneaky feeling. We're going to be all right. Ask me again in five years. So until then, up the ticks. <laughs> Come on, Mike Danson. Yeah, Cheers in the moonlight. In the moonlight. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Danson. <laughs> Get their beers in. <laughs> <laughs>